I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Aaron Rodgers heading to New York to take uh, to uh, lead the Jets, presumably, to their first playoff appearance since 2010. Canty Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM at Channel 80, ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. I'm Gabe Neitzel. He is Chad Brown, and I typically host a Monday through Friday show on ESPN Milwaukee, 94.5 ESPN. Chad on in Denver. So I am very familiar with the Aaron Rodgers uh, saga as we have dealt with that here in the state of Wisconsin. Chad, of course, very close to the NFL. 15 years he spent in the NFL. And very rarely do you see a, a player like this. I know we saw um, it happened to Brett Favre 15 years ago from the Packers to the Jets. Obviously, Tom Brady in free agency left. But it seems very rare that a player of the magnitude of Aaron Rodgers, a four-time MVP, becomes available and then is moved. So the Jets obviously are excited, Chad. Does this become Super Bowl or bust for the Jets? I think whenever you get a quarterback of this stature, that has to be the line of thinking. You make this move, you give up so much salary cap space, you give up draft capital to make all this happen. It has to be a Super Bowl or bust window. Uh, Woody Johnson and the Jets' ownership can't be making this move thinking, hey, we just want to sell some tickets. You make this move to get your butt a championship. That's what you're trying to do here. Um, And it's been a long, long time since the Jets have had any uh, playoff success or even been in the playoffs. So uh, instantly Aaron Rodgers puts them in that picture, in that window. Uh, But even despite the addition of Aaron Rodgers, I don't see them being a Super Bowl team here in 2023. There's been a very public-facing Jets fan who has been rooting for this deal to happen. And now it has finally happened, and he is very excited. Of course, I am talking about our own Mike Greenberg, who on Greeny Today had this to say about this Aaron Rodgers deal and just how excited he is. This is the best thing that has happened to the Jets since they drafted Joe Namath. I know people are going to say that sounds like hyperbole. I don't believe it's hyperbole. The Jets drafted Joe Namath in 1965. That is a very long time ago. Good things have happened to them since. I'm not suggesting otherwise. They've made runs to AFC Championship games multiple times, four to be exact. And there have been others, but nothing like this. And because this, even when they traded for Brett Favre back in 2008, Chad, it when Brett Favre was there, it was kind of last second. Favre had unretired. They get him at the beginning of training camp. I thought that people thought the Jets were going to be good, and they got off to a great start with Brett, but ultimately did not make the playoffs because Favre suffered an injury that he tried to play through at the end of that season. The Jets' Super Bowl odds just skyrocketed yesterday, and I believe right now they have the sixth best odds to win the Super Bowl in 2023 in the NFL. And when your odds skyrocket like that, and you're dealing with a guy like Aaron Rodgers, and you don't know how much longer he is going to be playing, if it's going to be a year. I mean, after all, he said he was 90% retired when he went on this darkness retreat earlier this offseason. If you don't know if he's going to be around for two or three years... It kind of does seem like this has to be Super Bowl or bust 
for the Jets, and it's a big mountain to climb given how deep the AFC is. Can it, is it possible for it to be Super Bowl, but we still improve? Because does it have to be Super Bowl or bust? Do you have to go out and sign some high-priced free agent to a deal that's going to hamstring your salary cap for the next four or five years? Is there a way to try to take advantage of the Super Bowl window while recognizing that we're not sure how long Aaron Rodgers is going to be here, so we can't just do everything around that thought? We've got to still just try to find ways to improve our basic football team, give ourselves some depth, get some uh, some guys in some key positions kind of thing. Super Bowl or bust always strikes me as, you know, it's either one or the other. I think you can do both as far as trying to maximize the Super Bowl window, but still keeping in mind the future, and there will be life after Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, but will there be life after Aaron Rodgers? Because life after Aaron presumably the Jets make the playoffs this year, right? And yes, they have the 15th overall pick this year, and it was batted around during the 40 days of craziness while we waited between Aaron Rodgers saying he intended to play for the Jets on the Pat McAfee show to the deal actually coming together and reported by Adam Schefter yesterday. And it was batted around in that time frame that, oh, what if the Jets at 13 decide to take their quarterback of the future because they don't believe in Zach Wilson? I don't think you can plan for that. You trade for Aaron Rodgers because you want to take that big swing. And we saw last year... What a pretty good roster, what I thought it was a pretty good roster for the Jets, what happens when you place either Zach Wilson or um, or Joe Flacco in at quarterback for this team? It's not going to be good. It ends up being bad things for the Jets when you don't have that quarterback you can trust in under center with the roster they currently have. I'm with you on that. But let's not forget, the San Francisco 49ers won their last, what, seven games of the season with yep. Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant. So there could be, there can be life after Aaron Rodgers, and it may come from a completely unexpected player as far as where his draft status is and all that. So I, I, I don't want, if, if I were Joe Douglas, and I were Robert Sala, uh, yes, we got Aaron Rodgers, we've got Garrett Wilson, we've got Sauce Gardner, we've got some pieces in place, we've got a good defense. There's lots of things we can build off of but again, do, do you swing some wild draft day trade to bring in an experienced receiver that could give away future draft picks? And you got, uh, let's go with DeAndre Hopkins as a possibility. Yep. Maybe the biggest name free agent receiver still out there on the market. Uh, D. Hop has said he doesn't have to get 20 million bucks, but we know he wants 20 million bucks a year. With the, nice. money you're gonna, with the money you're going to have to give Aaron Rodgers, can you bring in D. Hopkins into that? wide receiver room, have him be a, a mentor for the young guys, coach him up a little bit, um, but be that big free agent signing that hopes to get you over the top. If you can do it where it doesn't hamstring your future salary cap, if you can do it we don't have to give the Arizona Cardinals too much draft capital, I'm all for a move like that. I just don't like those all-in moves where if this, if this particular season does not end in a Super Bowl victory, we have not just – you know, uh, not maximize our possible window here with the rest of our guys, but we've taken away from our future because we our salary cap situation is going to be out of whack, and we're not going to have very many draft picks in the next three or four years. I think more teams are starting to think about that because we're starting to see the repercussions of the Los Angeles Rams and their, yeah, we'll trade every pick mentality. Yes, they got a Super Bowl. Uh, things did not turn out well for them last year. Now their top 10 tip pick belongs to the Lions this season, and who knows what the Lions and their aging roster is going to be in 2023. But Joe Douglas, Mets, uh, Jets general manager, was speaking to the media today. So, of course, somebody was going to ask 
whether or not Rodgers has given any indication that he's going to play beyond 2023. I don't want to put any words in Aaron's mouth, and, and you guys are going to have the opportunity at the right time to ask him those specific questions. We're obviously excited about this opportunity, excited about this deal, and, and excited to add him to the team. That does not inspire confidence to me that Aaron Rodgers is going to be playing beyond 2023, and I'm sure whenever Aaron Rodgers has that inductory press conference in New York and the media finally gets to ask him all the questions they want out there, he's going to have some something about, oh, life is a beautiful mystery, and who knows what after this year. I'm just focused on 2023 and try to bring a championship to the Jets, and he'll just spit out some sort of cliched answer. But to me... Even if Aaron Rodgers said, oh, yeah, I intend on playing in 2024, I don't think you can believe him because last season, Chad, he signed a contract that's worth, that was three years long with the Packers and said, I am retiring a member of the Green Bay Packers. So much can change in a year with this guy. Aaron Rodgers is going to use that opportunity to meet with the New York press, and he is going to be the guy who uses words that have multiple meanings that can be interpreted in various different ways on purpose. Trust me, he is he has a thesaurus on his private plane right now that he is studying for <laughs> words that have the maximum amount of ambiguity within them to give himself some wiggle room. Because Aaron Rodgers, being the smartest guy in the room, he does not want to be branded nor called a liar, but he wants to use this smartest guy in the room mindset to get one over on the media and get one over on the public. Well, I said this, and that can mean multiple meanings. So I see that being <laughs> what we get in the press conference. But Yes, we have no idea what Aaron Rodgers is going to do. I don't think Robert Sala knows what they're going to do. Robert Sala and Joe Douglas had to meet with Jets ownership and say, this could be a one-year deal, this could be a three-year deal. We don't really have a solid, firm understanding of that. We're just going to take it year by year. Canteen Carlin is presented by Progressive Insurance. Save on commercial and auto insurance from Progressive. Get a fast quote at ProgressiveCommercial.com. LeBron, top of the key with Xavier Tillman on him. LeBron drives to the rim. He's going for two, lays it up, and in. LeBron driving to the rim, and in. Cross off foul. LeBron flexing in front of the crowd. He still has that passion, that grit to want to be on top and to want to put his team in position the right way to be successful. And that's what you saw. I was able to make a couple plays to help us be successful. Whew. Unbelievable game from LeBron James last night. 22 points, 20 rebounds, career first. And now the Lakers have a 3-1 series lead. It's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. I'm Gabe Neitzel. He is Chad Brown as we fill in for the guys. I am based in Milwaukee. Chad hanging out in Denver. And just an unbelievable night from a couple of players in Jimmy Butler and LeBron James. And we begin with LeBron. This Lakers run that they are on, it was very unclear if they were going to make the play-in tournament at one point. They make all these different roster changes. They make the play-in. They end up winning a game. And here they are as the seventh seed, now up 3-1 on the two seed. That is the Memphis Grizzlies. LeBron, game-tying layup, .8 seconds left in regulation, scored four of his 22 points in overtime as the Lakers defeated the Memphis Grizzlies 117-111. This Lakers team, the way they're playing, the way things are coming together, Chad, and as close as things can be in the Western Conference, it was talked about, it was laughed about during the regular season. But can this Lakers team actually make an NBA Finals? Can this Lakers team be a final squad? 
I think they can. I really do think they can. I think LeBron is recognizing that this is an opportunity to add a, a little bit more cement to his case as being one of the all-time greats. And for the Lakers to win the games that they've won this series, Anthony Davis hasn't had a great series. Yeah. Guys like Austin Reeves are stepping up and being the leading scorer for the Lakers. So the Lakers are, are getting it done without a true one-two punch, which you would think of with LeBron and AD. It's kind of a one punch with LeBron and somebody else feel, fills in while AD is being frustrated by some of the things that Memphis has done defensively to him. Uh, so I give the Lakers a shot because when you can win in the NBA playoffs without a consistent number two, I think that's the mark of a deeper team that knows how to win. Yeah, and they just completely remade their roster to try to get some of that depth and require D'Angelo Russell. And really, Austin Reeves has just continued to grow throughout the course of the regular season. And Rui Achimura has played a role with this Lakers squad. It just seems like this team is deeper and deeper and deeper the more that you know they've removed themselves from that trade deadline. As prior to the trade deadline, it seemed like it was three guys. Right, It seemed like it was LeBron and AD who are still there, and then Russell Westbrook, who is now with the Clippers, and the Clippers have their own 3-1 hole that they need to dig themselves out of. But I'm with you. With the depth that this team now seemingly has and the freedom in which LeBron is playing, I, I wouldn't count out a finals run for the Lakers, despite this looking like their first playoff series victory outside of the Florida bubble in that championship they won in 2020 since 2012. That's how inconsistent this Lakers team has been, that they are looking at winning their first non-bubble playoff series since 2012 if they can close out the Grizzlies later this week. Wow. Now, of course, you know I, I am in here in Denver, and Denver has the number one seed in the West. But can you trust that team? I mean, they, they had a lot of similar questions as the Grizzlies. Like, okay, you're the number one seed again, but they just haven't been able to get over the hump in the postseason, Chad. Well, they haven't, um, but this window for the, the Joker and Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray, uh, I think is just kind of beginning to open. Michael Porter Jr. struggled with injuries early in his career, now playing some pretty good basketball here in the playoffs. Jamal Murray, he had a splash in the bubble, then tore the ACL, missed uh, most of last year, now coming back this year, beginning to round himself into form. So they've got a not just a 1-2, but a 1-2 possible three punch almost every single night. Uh, and the Nuggets certainly struggled the last month of the season. They had the number one slot tied up. They were very inconsistent with effort. Uh, They were inconsistent on the defensive end of the floor. But they started the series against against, uh, the Timberwolves in a very, very strong fashion and played with a lot of passion and energy, something that was lacking the last month of the season. So they may be that one team that has been able to actually flip the switch after turning it off, get that switch flipped back on. The lights are on completely for the Nuggets right now. Yeah, as as the Nuggets have an opportunity to close out the T-Wolves tonight as they have a 3-1 series lead. A lot of these series are 3-1. Hawks Celtics, Timberwolves Nuggets, Suns Clippers, and the two we just mentioned. I mean, the one we just mentioned with the Lakers and Grizzlies. The Knicks are up on the Cavs 3-1, and the Bucks trail the Heat in the 1-8, 3-1. Is there a team that you think could potentially make a run? Is there a team that can overcome this 3-1 deficit? And I believe only 5% of the time teams trailing 3-1 have come back in the NBA postseason to win the series. 
The only team I give a real shot at overcoming it would be Milwaukee. If anybody else was to overcome it, I would be very surprised. If Milwaukee were to overcome it, hey, you know, your big man got bruised up, got the bruised back, had to miss some time, struggled for a couple games. Then you guys went ahead and finished the series off like you knew you would with a number one seed versus an eight seed like we all expected. So they're the only one of the teams that are down one to three that I can see pulling it off. And if they are to do that, they've got to find a way to slow down Jimmy Butler, who had a fantastic night last night, 56 points, fourth most in an NBA playoff game, certainly his career high in the postseason, and a Heat franchise record. They just have to come up with a solution for Jimmy Butler, because right now it's Jimmy Butler, and you look at the box score from last night, Chad, and, you know, some guys have had okay games, you know, 15, 13 points. They're chipping in. They're helping out where they can. But the Bucks have to come up with a solution to slow down Jimmy Butler because he has been Jimmy Buckets, he's been playoff Jimmy, whatever you want to call him, he's been that dude in this series through four games. You want your best players to step up in big moments. So for Spolster to, to look to Jimmy Butler and say, all right, this is on you, man. Uh, Jimmy Butler has certainly taken that challenge and has run with it. Increased his nightly average big time from the regular season into the playoffs, playing his best basketball of the season. In a series that, that I legitimately give them a great shot to win. Heck, they're up 3-1. All they got to do is find one way to get another great night out of Jimmy Butler, and they can finish out this series. Yeah, it's that they could, but the Bucks just have too much depth. The Bucks have the best player to me in the league in Giannis, and I understand that might be a little biased from a guy who's coming from Milwaukee doing my shows that, that I do every day in Milwaukee. I just feel that that team is deep and – I, I just have a feeling that they're going to make this thing interesting. I don't think the Bucks are going to go quietly into the night and have a 1-2-3 Cancun tomorrow night here in Milwaukee. Despite it being a late 9.30 p.m. Eastern tip, I feel the Bucks still have some fight in them to make this an interesting series with the Heat. I'm with you on that. I don't think the Bucks are, are going to turn this down by any means. I think they're going to bring their best basketball or try to bring their best basketball. Well, we see it every year. There are teams that are great in the regular season and have great players and great depth, but don't go into the playoffs playing great basketball or something comes up where they suddenly can't recapture their, their brand or style of basketball. Heck, in the NFL, you actually want to play your worst football the first three quarters of the regular season and then try to find a way to catch fire the last three or four ball games. Yep. That's the typically the, the, the scenario to win in a Super Bowl. So uh, if the Bucks were to Can't be eliminated... Can't peak too early. That's I always would, the saying. Yes, I, I would not be surprised. With all the talk about MVPs and best team in the league and another championship, sometimes you can lose your way, and I worry if that's the Bucks this year. Coming up next on Canty and Carlin, we dash back into the draft we're going to hand out some QB superlatives on who we think are some of the best quarterbacks, maybe somebody who's going to be drafted a little too high. We'll talk about it all coming up next with the draft just a couple of days away. It's Canteen Carlin, ESPN Radio, and the ESPN app. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or 
your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. That's right. It is time to dash to the draft. It's getting closer and closer. Thursday night, opening round. Of course, catch some coverage here beginning 7 p.m. Eastern ESPN Radio. It's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Series 6M Channel 80, ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. I'm Gabe Nod. So he is Chad Brown as we fill in for the guys today. And it is time for this dash to the draft. QB Superlatives Edition, we welcome in Shannon Yeah, Penn. man. All right, so yeah, as you mentioned, we got the draft coming up. Obviously, all the focus is going to be on the quarterback. So I had a couple questions about these quarterbacks that I want to throw out, throw out there to you guys, okay? That work? Okay, Let's do it. it. Chad, you good? All right, cool. Chad, I will start with you. Which quarterback has the highest ceiling in this draft? What say you, Chad? I'm going to go with C.J. Stroud in this one. I know he's been talked about as sliding down in the draft, but he's got the best mix of skills and size. The, the issue with Bryce Young is always going to be the size thing. C.J. Stroud coming at 6'3", about 215. He's got the size to be durable and available for his team, but he's got the polish and skill set and the background to be a very, very good NFL quarterback. Yeah, the highest ceiling to me, the most upside potentially, is going to be Anthony Richardson. I think we're going to have another you know, question later where he's going to be the answer as well. But when you have that kind of size and that athleticism, and we see what that type of runner can do in the NFL, whether we're talking about you know, someone like Jalen Hurts, like that, that to me is such a huge upside. I know there are accuracy questions. There are some other questions. But if you can figure those out, I understand that is a big if that is still the highest ceiling because of the athleticism that he possesses that others in the draft don't necessarily have. All right, Gabe, you mentioned uh, upside and all of those things, so I'll ask you, Gabe, which quarterback has the highest risk? Which quarterback's the biggest risk here? So with that high upside, there's a ton of risk there because Anthony Richardson, because of the, oh, if he does this, if he gets his accuracy down, if he's able to process everything a little bit quicker at the NFL level, like he's going to have to, that is also going to be the biggest risk. There's a lot of upside there, which to me makes him that first-round pick and somebody's going to take that big swing. But with that upside becomes all of that risk that I just talked about. 
I find it to be this whole Anthony Richardson conversation to be fascinating that he can have the highest ceiling and be the highest risk. For me, he's firmly the highest risk. When you think about Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, they didn't wow anybody, anybody in this stadium with their athleticism. Not one single time in their Hall of Fame careers. It's a different NFL. The league's different now. Did you go, oh my gosh, that guy just made the most athletic play. Yet we are giving Anthony Richardson all this credit for being a tremendous athlete. Playing quarterback is not an athletic endeavor. It is a mental processing endeavor. It is an accuracy and footwork position. So all this talk about upside, all I see is a massive risk. A guy who's a tremendous athlete, I will never take that away from him. He's phenomenal as an athlete. But the playing the quarterback position is far more than an athletic skill set. It is the things I just talked about. And he presents a huge risk for me because those are the most important things for being a great quarterback, yet the skills where he is most deficient in all right well maybe this might be a pro anthony richardson question here chad which quarterback has the best arm Mm. again just because you've got a strong arm with anthony richardson clearly has a strong arm if you're not accurate then it doesn't it doesn't help us one bit throwing a hard fastball 10 yards over your receiver it's an impressive throw, but it didn't connect. So strongest arm has to be within the category of where it connects. Again, I'm going to go with my guy C.J. Stroud there. Bryce Young has the best timing in the draft, best innate sense of when to throw the football and when it needs to be there. But C.J. Stroud, as far as connecting and being accurate and being able to make all the throws, has the best combination for me. I like Will Levis as the best arm. He's got that big arm, and I know the numbers weren't in terms of accuracy weren't necessarily there. The turnovers were way up this year. But I listen to my guy, Mel Kuyper Jr., and when you go back and look at that junior tape, he's got that great combination. He's got all those things going. I think he had the poor offensive line. I think he had a lack of weapons. I think he was a little dinged up his senior year there at, at Kentucky. I think Will Levis has that huge arm that teams are looking for, which is why Levis has talked about as being one of the top three quarterbacks in this year's draft. We're doing a dash to the draft with QB superlatives here on Canty Cullen, ESPN Radio, ESPN app. I'm Gabe Knight, so along with Chad Brown as we fill in for the guys and Shannon Penn asking us all the questions behind the glass. All right, Gabe, so which quarterback will be selected higher than they should? I'm surprised Hendon Hooker keeps getting mentioned to be a potential first-round pick. And not that I don't dislike Hendon Hooker. I, if he finishes out the season and doesn't have that knee injury, he would have had a tremendous opportunity to potentially, I mean, he, at the very least, he's getting invited to New York with an opportunity to potentially be the Heisman Trophy winner from 2022. But he's an older quarterback. He's, he's got a few more years, and, and when you're drafting prospects, that matters. And he's coming off that knee injury. You don't, he, he tore that ACL in November. It's going to basically be a redshirt season for him in 2023, meaning he's going to be behind even a little bit more with that age. So the fact that Hendon Hooker keeps getting this love to be a first-round pick, I, I like him as you know a potential project on a lower-risk pick. Take him, taking him in the first round seems a little too risky to me coming off that injury, and I think he's going to end up being selected maybe a little bit higher than than he should be. I'm going to go with every single quarterback who's not C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young. The NFL is so <laughs> quarterback-starved that these guys, Anthony Richardson, Will Levis, Hendon Hooker, uh, you know, 
Clayton Toon, all these guys are going to be drafted far better than their skill, far earlier than their skill set would indicate because the NFL is so quarterback desperate. There are not 32 quality starting NFL quarterbacks in the league currently. So teams are always going to reach for these guys who maybe have a sliver of talent that the quarterback coach convinces the GM and head coach, I can build off that. I can make this guy better. I can eliminate his errors. I can find a way to improve his skill set. So these guys are always going to be overdrafted. I think Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud are worthy of their draft status and where they'll go in the draft, but everyone else will be drafted far too early for their skill set and actual production and tape they did in college. All right, my last question here for you guys when it comes to QB superlatives dash to the draft here. More so on the teams, but which team will botch their quarterback pick in the first round? I mean, this is easy for me. It's got to be the Houston Texans, right? Like, when's the last time the Texans actually did something right? I'm taking the Houston Texans. The whispers that they don't want to take C.J. Stroud and they may end up going elsewhere, they need to figure out that quarterback position. And I'm with you. I really like C.J. Stroud. And the fact that he would be sitting there at number two, if they don't take him, that's going to be a huge mistake by the Houston Texans. Uh, you know, since you went with Houston, I'll go with Atlanta. Atlanta, they can't go with Desmond Ryder and Tyler Henneke going into this season. They've got to find a way to draft one of these quarterbacks, um, considering they thought that Marcus Mariota could solve their problems last year. Shows <laughs> Arthur Smith is uh, a little bit of a blind spot when it comes to evaluating quarterback play. So if Atlanta were to move up from the eighth pick and try to get one of these guys, I feel inevitably it would probably be the wrong guy. Who will go first? Is it going to be Stroud? Is it going to be Young? You can find out Thursday. The 2023 NFL Draft is on ESPN Radio, presented by Boost Mobile. First-round coverage begins at 7 p.m. Eastern on most ESPN Radio stations and on Sirius XM Channel 80 with our guys, Canty and Carlin, as we fill in for them today. Coming up next, we hit our three and outs. Some of the stories that eh, we didn't have a chance to touch on today's show. Like, for example, what happens when you give out your number on national television? I'm guessing not good things, but we're going to find out together next. Can't see Carl on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperice.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. 
ESPN Radio, ESPN App Series XM Channel 80. Gabe Nigel, Chad Brown filling in for the guys in ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. I don't know about you, Chad, but um, I'm not a really big gambling guy. We finally, it was finally passed in the state of Wisconsin. I'm in Wisconsin and it was, it was finally passed, but you have to actually go to the casinos here in order to place the bet. So I've never really been a big sports betting guy. What about you? Because we still have to make it a play of the night. How do you feel about your sp- sports betting prowess? Uh, it is uh, it is small to, to almost non-existent. My okay. prowess All in right. sports betting. I've never been a gambler. I've worked far too hard for my money. I had to sacrifice body parts for money. That was literally the exchange I made with the NFL and the teams I played for. Here, here's my knee tendon. Here's my disc in my back. Here's a bone in my body. Now give me some money. So I was uh, way too unwilling to make that money and then give it to a gambling house. Well, so I guess you just have to take our word for it that we feel really good about <laughs> our play of the night. Time to earn some cash. The taste of money. The smell of wealth. Canty and Carlin's best play of the night. The taste of money. All right, we put our heads together for this one. Play of the night. We're going to go same day parlay. And we're going to make it easy for you. Same game parlay. Because the NBA games tonight, they're all 3-1. Don't really feel great about any of them. They're all double-digit spreads. But here's what we're going with the same game parlay. We're going to take the the Nuggets money line tonight because we feel good about the Nuggets closing out their series against the T-Wolves. In that game, we feel that the Jamal Murray over under 22.5 points is a little light. Sort of take the over there. Jokic dominates down low. He's going to clearly grab over 11.5 rebounds. And because, as you pointed out, Chad, Anthony Edwards said his goal was to not get swept in this series. Mission accomplished. So we're going to go under Anthony Edwards' 33.5 points plus rebounds. That all adds up for a same-game parlay of plus 580. Take it to the bank. That's pretty strong, man. I, th- I feel pretty strong about this one. The only one I have a little bit of concern about is that rebound number for Jokic. He's been over that. He's been under that this series, but I think he can do it. Jamal Murray definitely over 22 and a half. And, yeah, Anthony Edwards is already making vacation plans. He has his villa picked out in Cancun. He will not show up to play big time tonight. One, two, three, Cancun game for the T-Wolves tonight. So that's our same game parlay here on Play of the Night. Let's go ahead and get to some three and out. Sometimes it's the worst. Worst. Sometimes it's the best. Best. Either way, we'll get you straight with everything you need to know. This is three and out. A series that is interesting in the NBA has been the Kings and Warrior series. However, Aaron uh, De'Aaron Fox injury to his shooting hand. However, he still says he plans on playing in Game 5 against the Warriors as that one is all tied up at two apiece. Despite this injury, despite as well as the uh, Warriors have played at home, can the Kings still win this series and advance in the Western Conference playoffs to the semifinals, Chad? I think they can. Uh, The Warriors are one of the worst road teams uh, in the NBA this season. So that just simply by that fact gives the Kings an opportunity. Uh, we'll see if Fox is able to be productive tonight. It's his index finger on his shooting hand. So that's a little tougher to overcome. Uh, but the Warriors, there's enough inconsistency there. Uh, there's enough Draymond Green shenanigans that are always possible to boil over where I give the Kings a tremendous shot at winning this series. Yeah, I really like the, the, the Kings' chance that – 
an injury to your shooting hand is just, it's more than just pain tolerance. It's going to affect kind of your feel, your touch, which is so important, finishing around the rim, shooting the shots that De'Aaron Fox needs to. That certainly has has me concerned about the Kings' chances. I still like the Warriors in this series, even though they've inexplicably been so bad on the road. I just don't think that that can continue because they've been so good at home. They've been so good in their past. I'm going to still take the Warriors in that series. So Rick Pitino, yeah, he's... 70 years old, just getting another coaching job, feeling good. Well, he was attending the Cavs-Knicks game and apparently decided to share his phone number by reading and saying it out loud. And that's just a bad idea when there are cameras around, Chad, because there are plenty of people who can read lips and figure out what exactly you are saying. Somebody and a lot of fans figured it out and decided to send him text messages, call him. So he had to change his number after people were able to read his lips and get his phone number that way, unbelievable. Have you? I mean, that just that seems unbelievable to me. But it'll also teach you a lesson of you know when cameras around, be careful. Do you have an on-air gaff from your from from doing the radio show that you do in Denver? Do you have an on-air gaff that you're able to share? Uh, one of my games with uh, ESPN. Uh, one of the first games I did, I did a. Washington State Idaho game, Washington State Cougars, uh, University of Washington are the Huskies. Uh, folks will remember I played eight years with the Seattle Seahawks. When I think of a college football team in Washington, I think of the Washington Huskies. Uh, I think it was my third time calling the Cougars the Huskies. Uh, when the producer got in my ear, was like, dude, come on, no more. You cannot screw that up. Not one more time. And then, of course, now it's in my head. I got the verbal yips. So I did it again early in the second half. Uh, so, oh uh, yes, the amount of text messages I got from Cougar fans were, uh, let's say my, my, my phone battery almost died based on those text messages. It was a long drive home from uh, Spokane back to Seattle later that night. And uh, I had a lot of time to stew over my my verbal yips and beat myself up. I have not made that mistake again, thank goodness. Mine wasn't necessarily a mistake. Uh, The show I do in Milwaukee, I do with Mark Chimura, former Packer. And we can get juvenile from time to time. And he shared a story of a time him and Brett Favre down in Mississippi got in a little trouble and had to deal with a Lieutenant Richard Cox was the officer they dealt with. So we thought it was funny to come up with other hilarious names around Richard. Somebody sent me one that had uh, Dr. Richard Head. So I shortened Richard to what you shouldn't and said it on the radio because I couldn't help myself because I'm 10 years old. So that's that's the one I've got. Thanks to everybody. This is Ben Canty and Carlin. Joan Ambert up next, ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antscape presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts.